Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today, I'm Henry Payne, auto columnist for the Detroit News, and uh, great to have you on here for the next two hours in the best car radio program in all of Michigan. Got a great program planned for you today. Uh, we're going to be talking to Michael Montre here at the top of the hour. He's uh, the vice president for Penske Entertainment. They're making big moves uh, down in Detroit, uh, moving uh uh, to the uh, streets of Detroit in 2023. One more year uh, on Belle Isle and in, in, um, in uh, 2022, but uh, a lot to talk about there. Very exciting. They introduced the track map uh, for that course. Uh, we'll also be talking to Dick Amaker, good friend of the program, a fellow Tesla owner. He owns a Model 3 and a Model Y, but uh, there was an um, interesting article in CNET uh, over the last week, uh, questioning the buying experience of the Teslas. And uh, uh, so we wanted to get into that with uh, Dick. We'll be talking with him and also be joined by Bobby Sack, who is a local SCCA racer, just won his second straight national championship uh, in the uh, Spec Racer Ford class. So a uh, great hour coming here in the first hour. Also in the second hour, we're going to be talking uh, to Jack Baruth about the uh, uh, Hellcat and its discontinuation, also Tom McDonald talking Porsches. So uh, lots to get to. As always, give us a call here at 313-778-7600 if you want to join the conversation. And uh, we're working on getting uh, Michael Montre on the line here. Um, he, is the, uh, he is with Penske Corp. Uh, he's going to be talking to us. Uh, about the uh, Detroit Grand Prix. And uh, the big uh, news conference uh, uh, last week uh, in which the um, uh, the, the uh, Grand Prix folks, uh, led by Michael Montre and, and uh, the, the Penske team, uh, presented what the track is going to look like downtown. And, uh, boy, it looks, uh, it looks pretty dramatic, but very different uh, than what folks remember uh, from past, uh, Detroit Grand Prix. Um, the uh, you, you recall in the old days, 
when the Detroit Grand Prix was being run uh, uh, downtown, they would they would run it really right in the meat of, of downtown, and the Formula One guys uh, were were uh, were running the course. Uh, it would go underneath the bridges there, uh, right around Cobo uh, Center and Joe Louis Arena. Uh, a lot of noise, a lot of buzz as the Grand Prix cars would go under those uh, bridges, and, uh, and and then they would run along the waterfront and on toward run east toward the uh, Rensen. Uh, that has changed with this uh, uh, new track um, uh, that will be um, uh, uh, that's being designed now, and uh, the the, uh, the course is going to be moved further east. Uh, from the uh, from the uh, Rensen, and uh, with uh, uh, so that that sort of downtown portion now will, will not be so uh, so crowded. Uh, that the uh, the course is designed now to run east of uh, the Rensen in order to free up downtown, so people can come in, take advantage of all the new restaurants uh, down there. Uh, we got Michael Montre on the line with us. Michael, how are you? Hey Henry, good morning or afternoon. I guess it is hey. now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great to uh, great to have you with us. And uh, we're, I was just um, uh, setting the stage for you there, talking about this new uh, track you guys have put together. It's quite a bit different than the last time uh, Formula One and uh, and I believe IndyCar briefly uh, ran downtown. It's quite a bit different track, isn't it? It is, and, and, and you know, obviously, uh, I heard a little bit about what you were saying there, Henry, and you're absolutely right. It's uh, it, it was a deliberate move um, on our part. You know, the the city has changed quite a bit since you know the 80s and early 90s when the last time uh, the Grand Prix ran downtown, uh, and, and quite frankly, the series have changed uh, from a safety standpoint. So. Um, we, we believe this new track uh, is going to be really racy, a lot of fun to watch, and and almost more importantly, uh, or at least equally importantly, I should say, it will be uh, you know n- you know have a net neutral impact to the businesses. We hope, as far as traffic, we hope it increases the number of pedestrian traffic, of course, but um, but you know the 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 track doesn't go anywhere north of Jefferson. Um, so anything north of Jefferson, business-wise, downtown core, that will all be accessible uh, 100% of the time throughout the construction process and throughout the race weekend. Uh, in addition to that, the uh, the 375 connector will act kind of as an infield tunnel for us, and uh, and folks will be able to get in and out of uh, the inside of the track through the 375 connector. And that includes the, you know, the Bobian parking lot, the Ford parking lot uh, across from Hart Plaza, and uh, and the Tunnel to Canada. Um, so it's it's a very deliberate move on our part, and we think it's going to be a huge success uh, from a construction standpoint. Yeah, it's uh, and then of course the, the signature you talked about Jefferson Avenue. Uh, that that's really going to be the signature of this track, isn't it? I, I think you, this. I was I was mapping out. The uh, length of this straightaway uh, that you're running uh, down Jefferson Avenue, it's an equivalent straightaway to the, the front straight at, at Elkhart Lake or the back straight at Virginia International Raceway. For race fans who are familiar with, this, with those tracks, this is a huge straightaway. You're going to get speeds 
uh, probably around 180 miles an hour as you come down into the hairpin off Jefferson. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And uh, it, it's not only long, you know, uh, 0.7 miles approximately, but it's also wide. And um, and, and, and not only will, will we have uh, four lanes uh, of racing on that, that stretch, uh, Henry, but, but there'll be an open lane, like I mentioned, next to it for people to access the tunnel and the Ford parking lot. But we had Joseph Newgarden in town last week just before Thanksgiving and um, took him on a tour of the track, and he was uh, – I can't tell you how excited he was about this stretch, in particular – the width of the track uh, on Jefferson as you approach the hairpin there at Griswold and the fact uh, that the, the hairpin is so wide. So that's that, that portion of the course there, uh, you know, we're, we're, it's going to be turn one basically uh, at Jefferson and Griswold and then back uh, on Jefferson to Bates is going to be an exciting and exciting tra- uh, part of the track um, with the width and the, the, the speeds coming from, like you said, 180 miles an hour to that, that sharp 180-degree hairpin. Yeah, yeah, this is nearly a mile-long stretch, 4,000 feet, I think, uh, is how you guys have mapped it out. Like I say, uh, Elkhart Lake, I believe, is a uh, uh, 4,200-long front straight, one of the signature straightaways in uh, IndyCar. So uh, I I wonder if this is going to be the fastest stretch of road on on any street course uh, in the world. Do you have any sense of that? Uh, you know, the world, I'm not sure. I, I can tell you as far as IndyCar goes, it should be the fastest, uh, as far as the street course. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, for sure. Yeah. And then, uh, the hairpin turns around right in front of the, uh, of the, uh, the UAW arch there, uh, in front of the waterfront, and then it winds back toward, uh, the Rensen and on down to the, uh, waterfront. You, you mentioned uh, uh, Joseph Newgarden, who was in town, and uh, uh, Newgarden. I mean, you could just sense the excitement because his his hometown of Nashville just got a street race last year, which was an enormous success. And uh, uh, the, the, obviously, he's 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 uh, uh, translating that vibe for to Detroit. He he really uh, feels the the energy about this. Well, I, you know, I can tell you that, that one of the, the main influences uh, for, for Bud Denker and I uh, to, to try to bring this event back downtown and obviously ultimately, you know, get it through city council and, and, and unanimous, unanimously, by the way, um, was the Nashville race. We, you know, Nashville had their first street circuit, as you know, in early August uh, this year. And uh, just to see the excitement that that produced the uh, the way the city embraced the series, uh, the 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 new fans and attendees that it brought out that had never been to an IndyCar race before, but were there because it was it was a street festival that happened to have a race involved. Um, you know, Bud and I looked at each other and said, "Man, this this is this is a model that we need to take a real strong look at in Detroit." The more we looked into it. Uh, the more sense it made based on the circuit that we came up with. And, you know, Joseph had a lot of, a lot of things to say when he was in town, uh, all very complimentary of the circuit. And I think, you know, um, based on what Nashville did there, which was 
which was a great, huge success for the series and for the city, um, we're going to be able to, to – uh, I think we're going to do a better job in Detroit, quite frankly. Uh, and the reason for that is because we're going to be able to do some things with that circuit downtown that Nashville just can't do. Uh, for instance, you mentioned Henry at the corner of Jefferson and Bates. Um, you know, we're talking to the city right now about how we – you know, make that corner a little easier upon entry, and, and it'll, in, in, you know, it'll, it'll include some cutbacks on the apex there on the driver's right going into Bates, uh, turning right onto Bates, um, and then we'll install some temporary curbing for the rest of the year, so it's, so it's not a racetrack <laughs> 365 days a year, but, um, but we're going to be able to do some things because Detroit, quite frankly, has we have more, more, uh, more buy-in I think locally, uh, not that Nashville didn't, but, but the. Everyone in Detroit has been great to work with, from the mayor's office uh, to city council and, and everyone uh, everyone else. But also, there's a lot more room in Detroit. That that corner there, right now, is um, you know it's it's grass, and so we can cut back, you know, call it ten feet. And as you know yourself, Henry, being a racer, ten feet upon entry uh, makes a world of difference uh, getting in into a tight corner. Yeah, yeah, no, and and, and you guys have a lot of experience. Uh, in this town, uh, not only Belle Isle, but having run downtown uh, races here before. So, yeah, Nashville was a huge success uh, from a business point of view, but it was a tricky circuit. I, I think it was uh, maybe the most laps run under yellow uh, of any IndyCar race I watched last year because of they, they, they had some uh, hiccups in the course design. But this, this uh, design looks very clean. And, uh, and it also, you're going to have two parallel pit um, stalls, it looks like, which is pretty unique. Very unique, yeah. It, it, it's been done um, on a portion of pit lane in places like Baltimore. Uh, you might see more of it as the series, you know, the series is going to have about 26 cars full-time next year compared to about 22 full-time in 2021. So, so we'll have... You know, probably six more cars, five or six more cars every race next year. So you might see it in more places than Detroit, but um, but I think Detroit will be the only place where the entire pit lane is double sided. Um, should be unique. There's a, it'll be interesting viewership. I think uh, great vantage points uh, to see to see some <laughs> exciting pit stops. And uh, but uh, but really, it's you know you need you need at least a thousand feet or so. Uh, to make a proper pit lane, and with the series growing, there's just not enough room there to do it. And and it's not just Detroit, like I said. There's going to be a number of other circuits on the IndyCar series uh, schedule that are going to have to do similar things, just not maybe to the extent that we did in Detroit. But um, for us, uh, I think it'll be kind of a nice, um, unique feature for our for our event. It's going to be exciting. Yeah, that was great stuff. I, I just get excited uh, thinking about it. It's neat to see the pictures now, uh, some of the mock-ups you guys have done, as well as the, the track layout. So we'll be talking a lot about this. Got one more year at Belle Isle, which is uh, one of the great, uh, great tracks in its own right. So we got a lot to celebrate out there next year. Uh, Michael Montre, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it, Henry. Thanks for having me on. All right, we're going to take a break here, hear from our sponsors. And on the other side... We'll move into the world of electric cars with Dick Amaker. You're on 910 AM, the Superstation. Get past the P. 
keep a kid fast, a hit me. Okay, so are you embarrassed by your dark, crusty toenails? Did you know it could be nail fungus? Horsley Foot and Ankle can get rid of nail fungus quickly and naturally. Traditional nail treatments have included painful toenail removal, taking peels, or applying topical solutions that may not even work. Why bother with peels that could damage your liver? Let the foot specialist of Horsley Foot and Ankle immediately clear up your thickened, discolored, brittle, and crumbly toenails with the safest and most effective FDA-approved laser treatment. Call Horsley Foot and Ankle Surgeons today and make your appointment at 248-559-5200. Ladies, summer is just around the corner, and I know you want to wear those sexy, strappy sandals. Fellas, you can stop wearing those thick socks with your sandals, too. Call Horsley Foot and Ankle Surgeons today and get rid of nail fungus. Call 248-559-5200. That's 248-559-5200. Log on to horsleyfoot.com for more info. Are you drowning in debt? Struggling just to make minimum payments? It's not your fault. Serious debt can happen to anyone, but there is hope. Our debt-free program has helped thousands of good people, just like you, eliminate their credit card debt. Call us today, and we will dramatically reduce your credit card debt down to just a fraction of what you owe. The call is free. The consultation is free. Take control of your credit debt. Take control of your life again. Call now to see how our debt-free program can work for you. Call 800-872-5230. If you or a loved one underwent hernia surgery between 2010 and 2016 and then suffered serious complications, call right now. You may be entitled to financial compensation. Complications associated with FISO-Mesh include chronic pain, infection, adhesions, mesh migration, reopening of the hernia, and other serious injuries. Call right now. Call 1-800-799-2091. Again, that's 1-800-799-2091. 910 AM Superstation has the greatest advertising deal ever with our Godfather package. 200 spots for $500, but they must air within 30-day policy. That is only $2.50 per spot, and we will even produce the spots free. That's right, free. Call Jamie Harrington now at 248-357-4566. That's 248-357-4566. Who else but 910 AM can give you this much excitement? I'm Henry Payne, auto columnist for the Detroit News. You are on car radio. Full swing here on Saturday. Well, I just have a stream coming through here talking about cool cars, classic cars, hot rods, muscle cars. We've got a great lineup for you today. Best car radio show in all of Michigan. Catch it all right here on 910 AM Superstation. Welcome back into 9:10 a.m. The Superstation. You're on Car Radio with Henry Payne, and we are joined by Dick Amaker, good friend of the program. And uh, Dick is a fellow uh, Tesla owner. Uh, Dick, how are you? I'm good, Henry. I'm uh, I'm right here, <laughs> sitting in your uh, Model Y. I am. <laughs> That's a good place to be. Dick is uh, a fascinating character. He uh, is a former G- uh, GM engineer, uh, knows cars uh, inside and out, and uh, knows GM uh, electric cars like the Chevy Bolt uh, as, as well as the uh, Tesla Model Y 
and Model 3 um, uh, that he owns. Uh, he's involved in GM racing programs, uh, really, really knows the business, and he's uh, been fascinating to talk to uh, as a fellow owner of Tesla. And, um, in fact, uh, when, when the uh, really the first real rival, I think, for Tesla came out, the Ford Mustang Mach-E, uh, he and I did a uh, comparison drive uh, out in Ann Arbor with the Mach-E and the Model Y. It was uh, it was a fascinating parallel. And Dick, uh, this this week a lot of buzz on the internet from CNET, uh, CNET's Roadshow. Uh, there's an author there named Tim Summers, uh, who's um, a very good writer. He's been on this program, actually uh, knows. Uh, He's a big EV advocate, and I think shocked a lot of people uh, by recommending against the Tesla Model Y. And his chief complaint was that the autopilot system doesn't work. Um, you, you've read the article. What did you make of uh, Tim's concerns? Well, first, my response was, ouch. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think it is his uh, – Concerns were over overstated. I, I think it's you know he's got valid uh, points, and uh, every every review is is a valid uh, data point. But uh, yeah, the, the autopilot has a, a few peculiarities. Uh, I will admit that. Uh, but hey, if you're if you're uh, watching your car and you're in control, it, it does everything it's uh, advertised to do, particularly on the expressway. Now, if you if you drive it on secondary roads, uh, you know then you have to be a little bit more careful. But uh, overall, I, I think it does a good job. Yeah, I, I, I need to make a correction. I said Tim Summers. I think is uh, the author's name is Tim Stevens, uh, and I, I, I know Tim and and see him on the uh, on the road. As I say, very accomplished uh, auto journalist. And, uh, and and Roadshow is uh, one of the most widely read uh, auto websites uh, in the business. Uh, pretty influential website. Um, and and uh, Tim's uh, criticism, in particular, of the autopilot system, was on uh, so-called phantom uh, uh, phantom slowdowns. And uh, I, I've experienced these. Uh, I, I know you have as well. In, in particular, his complaint seemed to be that uh, Tesla has replaced its radar in the 2021 car uh, with, uh, and it's just using uh, camera sensors. And he seemed to think that might have something to do uh, with uh, what, he, what he said was a disturbing number of phantom uh, slowdowns in his in his car. Have you heard that from uh, other owners who I think the cars you and I have are both uh, 2019, 2020 models. Have you heard any complaints from friends with uh, newer models without the radar? Well, I have a, a 2019 Model 3 that was built right after they introduced Hardware 3 for the autopilot. Uh, so, of course, it does have radar. The 2020 Model Y was one of the first 2000 built, so it also has radar. And uh, so I would say what he was describing is no different than uh, what I've experienced and probably you've experienced. And I think I would characterize it as 
the system is very cautious, and the things that I see it do is like if somebody's turning left, an oncoming car is turning left uh, ahead of you, a good distance ahead of you, it will slow pretty well on the anticipation that that car is not going to get out of your way. But, of course, they do. They they pull into a driveway or a parking lot. Um, so other than that, uh, I have no qualms, no questions about autopilot. And again, if you if you cover the accelerator with your foot, which is a good thing to do when you're driving on autopilot anyway, you can compensate for that. Yeah, and I, I, I always uh, qualify uh, my recommendations to folks with Teslas because I because I think the Part of the experience of Tesla is that they, they are a very cutting-edge firm. I mean, this is a firm that likes to push the envelope of technology. Uh, so if you get into a Tesla and you want to drive autopilot, uh, this, is, this is not your normal cruise control program. And they are really pushing the boundaries of level two uh, driving. They're, they're trying to prepare you for a level four world where you don't have to uh, have, you don't have to pay attention to your car. But autopilot is very much level two. You very much have to be hands-on, even as the car is trying to self-drive. And I think, uh, I think that's probably part of it, Dick, is, uh, is, is these, phantom, uh, these, these phantom stops are because uh, the Teslas are, 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 uh, are, are sifting more data than any other self-drive program out there. Well, and, and you know, I've looked at some of the uh, uh, the beta uh, drives, which I have not been part of for the next generation, and uh, I have not heard complaints about uh, phantom um, stopping or, or slowing. Not that they haven't occurred. I just I haven't seen that. Uh, so it's getting better. Uh, but again, you know, and I haven't—I don't know what like Super Cruise does. You probably have a better idea of that. Uh, in terms of uh, does it does it behave in any kind of uh, mode like that? Some of the other brands of of uh, ADAS that are out there. Yeah, I think that, and I think that's a qualifier for autopilot as well. Uh, when you get into Super Cruise uh, in the Cadillac, as I've done. Uh, quite a bit. Ford now has um, its own very similar uh, program called Blue Cruise uh, that uses uh, very similar hardware. They are exclusive to uh, to, to divided interstates. The, those systems will not work on any other highway other than a divided interstate. So they're they're uh, very much uh, GPS located. Uh, the Tesla. It's quite different. Again, this is a company that's pushing the envelope. They don't mind if you self-drive on uh, on on your on your own driveway, for goodness sake. I mean, you can you can actually autopilot anytime you want. And and I think that was uh, that's been my experience. And I, I, reading Tim Stevens' article uh, for Roadshow, I think he, he's finding a lot of phantom stops on secondary roads. Uh, where you do have more interference from things like stoplights and uh, crosswalks and whatnot. Has that been your experience too, Dick? Yeah, Henry, I, I previously drove my Model 3 up uh, M33, which is a road you probably know. It goes up through West Branch all the way up to 
uh, Onaway and, and Sheboygan. And uh, anytime you come to like a, a V intersection where the striping's not great, uh, it would it would get confused, you know. But that was two years ago, you know. Uh, so I'm I'm expecting that that's that's better now. But again, the caveat is, you know, this is really meant for uh, expressway driving. Does a pretty good job on divided streets and uh, secondary roads. But you better be careful, you know. And and if you if you don't want to deal with that, you know, don't do it. Yeah, the, the secondary roads is really a treat because uh, you can you can really see how difficult it is to design uh, autonomous systems. There's there's so there's so many variables, uh, and the autopilot's quite good at picking out pedestrians and uh, and stop signs. But it, it's a much more complicated environment than a highway. Take take the Tesla autopilot on the highway, and and I must say I I I can't remember ever having phantom issues. And uh, if Tim Stevens' uh, car, his 2021 car, is having phantom issues on the interstate, I think that would be a, uh, a major problem, obviously, because you have people traveling behind you at 70 miles an hour. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he made some other comments, like uh, water in his trunk uh, after going through a car wash. Uh, I haven't had that. You know, I had one of the first cars. And I've never seen any water in the trunk. I think uh, he's definitely got a warranty issue there he should deal with. And Tesla's very good about fixing those. You know, they'll send the guy out to your house, or they'll call you into a dealer, or into their service. Yeah. They're not a dealer, really. So uh, I also had water in my, one of my taillights, and, and uh, they, they fixed that uh, quickly. So I think he complained about that as well. So, But that was a new supplier issue, I think, in my case. I don't know about his case being a much later build car. Yeah. Yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's get into some of those issues, uh, Dick, on the other side of the break. Uh, can you hang on with us until uh, uh, the other sure. side of the ad break? All right. Yeah, I can. Can I take a break here? Hear from our advertisers, and we will be back with Dick Amaker. You're on Car Radio 910 AM. Celebrate the holidays at the Small Businesses on Detroit's Historic Avenue of Fashion on Livernoy. Fashion, art, beauty, and restaurants. Joe's Gallery. The Holiday Market at Joe's Cafe. Micah Salon and Boutique. Times Times Square. Square. The Red Door. Teaser's Boutique. Crispy Attics. After you shop, relax. Motor City Broom Works. Good times. Shop, dine, explore Livernoy. WADL gets a facelift and is now My 38 Detroit. Along with a facelift comes new programming on Mondays at 8 p.m. Catch a two-hour block of Law & Order SVU. Tuesday, Chicago Fire. Wednesdays, Dateline. More Dateline and Chicago PD on Thursdays and on Fridays. You'll get more Chicago PD to start your weekend. We'll still have some of your favorite shows like Mom, Blackish, and Friends. Just adding more for you to enjoy on My 38. Hi, I'm Hunter Ellis, and this is Atomic Beam USA. Another bright idea from Bulbhead, the ultra-bright, tough-grade flashlight that features tactical technology used by U.S. Special Forces. This flashlight has a feeble 125 lux output. The Atomic Beam USA has up to 5,000 lux. That's 40 times more. We're going to drop it hundreds of feet from this helicopter. It hits the tarmac, and it's still working. 
That's what I call a tough flashlight. Heavy downpours, mud puddles, even extreme temperatures are no match. You could spend over $100, or the Atomic Beam USA can be yours for just $19.99 with free lifetime guarantee. Order now, you can double it and get a second Atomic Beam USA. Just pay a separate fee, and we'll even ship them to you for free. Atomic Beam USA is just $19.99. Order now. Call 1-800-638-2619 to get your Atomic Beam USA. Call now or go to AtomicBeam.com. So call 1-800-638-2619. Deluxe version available. Order now. My38 is offering a great special that cannot be refused. Are you looking for a great deal on TV advertising? Are you searching for an avenue to get your business name out to the public? With My38, we are offering a great special with 100 commercial ads for a great price. This offers for a 30-day ad placement. Please contact Jamie Harrington for more information at 248-357-4566. That's 248-357-4566. Or email at jamie at my38detroit.com. The Word Network has been broadcasting inspirational messages around the world since the year 2000. And we keep getting bigger and better and more innovative. Seen all around the world, we bring you the best teaching, impartation, singing, and inspiration. If you want original programming, we have that too. The Word Network is your exclusive source for all things inspiration. And we can be found on every device imaginable. If you want to be uplifted and inspired, you need The Word Network. Welcome back into Car Radio. You're on 910 AM, the Superstation. And we are talking with Dick Amaker about the Tesla Model Y, which uh, seen at the roadshow recommended against buying uh, this month. Uh, a big surprise, um, uh, particularly given that the Tesla Model Y is the best-selling uh, EV uh, in the market. Uh, Dick, the, uh, the Model Y has really overtaken the Model 3 in absolute numbers, hasn't it? I believe it has now, although, you know, it, it took a while be, just because it was introduced, what, a year and a half or two, well, more like two years later. Uh, but, you know, it's got a lot of things that the Model 3 uh, doesn't. You know, it's uh, it's about six inches higher, which is great for headroom. It's got a hatch in the back. Uh, those are things that people want. You know, you can put a TV set in there. So uh, the main thing is the, the range is not quite as good as the Model 3 because, you know, it's got a bigger frontal area, and, it, and uh, even though it's got the same drag coefficient, it, uh, you know, just can't go as far on the same energy because of that drag. Yeah, the uh, SUVs dominate this market. Uh, uh, sales are now 70-plus. Uh, percent uh, SUVs, so it's no surprise that the Model Model Y would uh, overtake the uh, Model Three for that for that reason alone. But uh, the Model Three on on its own as a sedan was was already the best selling vehicle in luxury, uh, which is extraordinary. And uh, now you have the Model Y uh, taking over that spot. It's interesting, uh, Dick. When I go look at new Model Ys, I don't think you can get one. Under fifty thousand uh, dollars, as they're currently spec at Tesla's web uh, website, which 
which is remarkable in its own right because uh, Teslas make up about 80% of new EV sales in this country. Yeah, and that's a that's a criticism because uh, people want a, a, a cheaper EV that will meet their needs, and and the industry's not really there yet. They're they're promising that it's coming, but you know if you want a 300 mile range EV with uh, the uh, flexibility of an SUV or a CUV uh, form factor, uh, you're not going to find that. Anywhere lower than fifty grand, I don't. I don't believe the best one out there in that category that might get close is the Mach E because of the, the federal tax uh, credit that's still on it, and uh, and it's a very credible offering. Um, but you know that tax credit's going to go away if there isn't new legislation passed. So it'll be back in the same uh, zip code as the Model Y. Well, and uh, I think the Tesla is proof, too, that you don't need a tax credit. If you make a uh, good car, people will buy it. So I just assume the tax credit goes away. Uh, let, let folks make the uh, make the case for EVs. And Tesla hasn't had the tax credit for at least a couple of years now, and it's still uh, the best-selling vehicle in luxury. So um, it shows what you can do with a, with a good car. I think the other secret sauce, though, and – uh, Tim Stevens uh, did not get into this in his CNET Roadshow uh, review of the Tesla Model Y, and that is that uh, Tesla's got a, a charging network, uh, which no one else has. And I, I think that really is the crucial difference uh, right now for people who are looking at an EV. They want an EV, they're looking at it for a metro car. If they're looking at it as a total car, you almost have to buy a Tesla because uh, it's really hard to make sense of, of road trips unless you have that supercharger network. Well, that's absolutely true. Uh, I think Electrify America is probably uh, doing the best job of getting close, and they've got support and partnership from a couple of different manufacturers. It is a VW initiative, but Ford's partnered with them. I think some other manufacturers have. But the, the instances of those chargers just aren't there. You know, Tesla announced, I think, recently – they just passed 3,000 supercharger locations globally, so that's not in the United States. I think there's somewhere around 1,200 of them in the United States. And the other thing is the supercharger locations never have less than eight uh, chargers at each location, so it's unlikely you'll arrive and somebody else will be plugged into the one you need. And they're well-maintained. Yeah, I just uh, made a, a road trip to West Virginia, Dick, and um, that's a that's a seven hour, eight hour drive down there. I couldn't, I couldn't, I didn't see a single EV other than Teslas. Uh, partially, that's because I'm, I'm I stopped a couple times at superchargers, and so I saw Teslas with those chargers. But on the road uh, here in the Midwest. Uh, driving across Ohio and West Virginia, uh, I, I rarely see a Chevy Bolt. I rarely see a Mach-E. Uh, it really is a Tesla-dominated market. And we were talking before the break about the, uh, the some of the build problems that uh, Tesla continues to be dogged with. The flip side of that is my car was noticeably better on this road trip than it was the, previous, the last road trip I took about uh, six months prior, the, um, the, the OTA updates that have been made to the car 
have really improved the autopilot experience. Have you found that? I, I can't say I, as I have. I mean, uh, I think they're focused so much on the, uh, you know, the uh, the FSD beta. Uh, there are little tweaks coming out, but I think I've got the current level of software. And honestly, I haven't made any real long uh, road trips other than to Grand Rapids uh, a couple weeks ago and to Cadillac and, and that far north uh, in the summertime. So, but I have, you know, I've also I've driven to, to Virginia and uh, I've driven to to Louisiana and St. Louis, and uh, there's always a supercharger when you need it. And that's, again, getting back to your point, uh, when I first bought the Model 3, I compared, I thought about Model 3 and I thought about uh, Chevy Bolt, um, and this was like early 2019, and the Bolt was, was quite credible for uh, a city car, but I, I could not take it out of town, you know, so uh, that was kind of the, the uh, decision point for me when there was a significant price premium for the Model 3 over the Bolt. Yeah, it's a, it's a real limitation. I When I made that trip to West Virginia, I also had a Volkswagen ID4 in my driveway, and I couldn't make sense of going to West Virginia and back because there was not a Electrify America supercharger in Charleston, West Virginia. So I'd get there, and I'd have to, I'd have to put the, <laughs> have to plug the car in uh, to the wall all weekend just to get it back. Uh, uh, from from West Virginia, so that's a limitation. But uh, I'll give you an example of how the over-the-air updates have improved my car. So uh, driving down through Ohio, and it's always construction season in Ohio, and so the, the last time I was on the road, my Tesla could not see uh, traffic barrels. And if, if I had just yeah. left the car... Yeah, if I just let the car keep running on autopilot, it just would have mowed down the uh, the... the, the uh, the, the traffic barrels this time, not only did the car recognize the traffic barrels and slow down for them, but I, it also, I got a message on my screen saying, please move over a lane uh, in order to avoid the uh, barrels. That, 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 uh, that was entirely driven by a software update. Yeah, I have seen that, and maybe maybe I just got it earlier and didn't, Consider it new when when you ask, but uh, but yeah, it, it does do that. Uh, still, construction zones. I'm always pretty cautious because some of the lane changes are kind of abrupt, and uh, you know the the marking is kind of what the uh, uh, people there uh, want to do. But that is the goal of uh, Tesla, as opposed to some of the others. They want the car to be able to drive in uh, Manitoba. Or, or in North Dakota in a place that the, the car has never been before and no mapping uh, company has ever been there before to map the environment. And that's a totally different objective and, and a much difficult, more difficult to target to hit. Yeah. Yeah, so that's very aggressive. I think that's one reason they're trying to get away from uh, radar uh, and adapting uh, all their cars equipping all their cars now with cameras because uh, uh, ultimately you can do a lot uh, with with camera and uh, they, they want it to mimic the human eyeball. I know NVIDIA 
where my son works, they're they're focused entirely on camera based uh, software systems. So that's that's the big ambition of the uh, of, of the industry. Uh, uh, so Dick, when when, um, when when you're driving, when you're you're self driving your car, do you um, did you use the, the total auto uh, the the uh, navigation on autopilot as well, where the where the car will change lanes automatically along the route? I do, but I've got it set up so it asks me if I want to change lanes. It doesn't do it on its own. There's an option. You know, you have to confirm the lane change, uh, but I do use that. Uh, still takes a little bit of of uh, notice because you know you got some crazy drivers coming up in the next lane that you know aren't initially sensed, and so it won't let you turn in front of them, but it'll start the lane change and then it'll see this guy's coming and come back into its own lane, which is the right thing to do, obviously. Uh, but uh, uh, that that can be a little unnerving for your passenger. <laughs> yeah, it's always good to pay attention, uh, whether you're self-driving or not. Well, Dick, uh, I really appreciate the time today, as always. Uh, a, lot, a lot of conversation continues around these Teslas, but uh, here here we are, uh, 2021, we're four years on from the introduction of the Tesla Model 3. You and I are both early adopters. This is still, this this vehicle is still the, the standard in the industry, so fascinating to follow. Uh, I look forward to talking to you again soon. Well, I do. Uh, I do appreciate that the those geometers in the in the center. Uh, un, unlike what uh, he said, uh, I don't mind that there's no uh, gazes in front of the wheel. But uh, thanks for your time, Henry. Yeah, thanks, Dick. All right, we're going to take another break here. Uh, here from our sponsors, and on the other side, we're going to go racing with Bobby Sack, our your new SCCA national champion. We all love fried food, but the problem is all that excess oil and fat can cause you to become overweight. Well, now there's the Cook Light Aero Fryer, an amazing kitchen miracle that uses air to fry instead of oil, so you can have the same delicious flavor and crispiness of deep frying using little or no oil. Get that deep fried taste and crispiness with up to 70% fewer calories. Enjoy crispy, delicious fries with little or no oil, guilt-free onion rings, cheesy and delicious mozzarella sticks. Call now and bring the Cook Light Aero Fryer into your home, including the Cook Light Aero Fryer Recipe Book, the unique patented dual tray, air frying mesh basket and tongs, and stainless steel extender ring. You'll get it all for five easy payments of $29.95. Be one of the first 500 callers and get this 13-piece knife set a $175 value, yours free. Try Cook Light Aero Fryer for 30 days. If you don't love it, send it back. But keep the 13-piece knife set as our gift to you. We're in the next 10 minutes and we'll include free shipping. Call now or go online to air2fry.com. That's air2fry.com. I knew I could get myself out of this. I just needed some hope and some help. I took the first step to recovery when I made the call. Since 2014, Addiction Hope and Helpline has answered calls for recovery and treatment 24-7, 365 days a year. If you're depressed, drinking, using drugs, or taking pills, call now and talk to someone who cares. 
I had problems just getting to sleep, drinking and using pills every night. I feel like I'm losing control. I'm afraid I'll lose my job or even my family. Most insurance covers substance abuse. You can get back on track. Call now for hope and help with proven general recovery programs. I never thought that I could be somebody who didn't drink and use drugs. I have something to hold on to for strength. I'm in recovery, getting the help I need. Call 800-379-4799, 800-379-4799. Hi, I'm Joan London with A Place for Mom. Over the years, we've helped thousands of families find senior care, and today's senior living communities have never been better. With amazing amenities like movie theaters, exercise rooms and swimming pools, public cafes, bars and bistros, even pet care services. And nobody understands your options like the advisors at A Place for Mom. These are local expert advisors that will partner with you to find the perfect place and determine the right level of care, whether that's just a helping hand or full-time memory care. Best of all, it's a free service. Call today. A Place for Mom. You know your family. We know senior living. Together, we'll make the right choice. Call A Place for Mom right now to get our free ebook on financing senior care as well as a free referral for senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-436-2907. That's 1-800-436-2907. This is why you work so hard to pay the mortgage. Because home is more than four walls and a roof. It's that porch swing on a summer night. It's pajamas with feet and everybody over for Sunday dinner and that old stuffed chair in the living room you just can't get rid of. This is why you work a second job. This is why you learn to fix things yourself so you could save on repairs. Because home is your place, your memories, your family sleeping in their own beds at night. And that is why we want to help. We are making home affordable, a free government resource that can make paying the mortgage easier. And now even more options are available. Call 888-995-HOPE today. That's 888-995-HOPE. Or visit makinghomeaffordable.gov. Good night, Mama. This is why. Brought to you by the U.S. Treasury, HUD, and the Ad Council. Riding along in my automobile. My baby beside me at the wheel. I stole a kiss at the turn of a mile. All right, welcome back into Car Radio. We are uh, trying to get a hold of uh, Bobby Sack here. Uh, Bobby Sack is the uh, SCCA champion in... Spec Racer Ford uh, this year, uh, one over at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And uh, we're calling Bobby uh, back-to-back sack because it is the second year in a row that he's won the SCCA National uh, Championship in the Spec Racer Ford class. I believe it is the biggest class in SCCA, an extremely competitive uh, class. And uh, uh, they had 72 cars this year in the race, uh, so quite a feat for Bobby not only to win the win the uh, to win the class this year in the SCCA Nationals, 
but also uh, to do it in back-to-back years, first at Elkhart Lake, uh, uh, Wisconsin last year, uh, but then to come back at uh, Indianapolis Motor Speedway on the road course for Indianapolis Motor Speedway, a uh, very different track than Road America, and to uh, win that race back-to-back uh, as he did is uh, really impressive. Uh, so uh, we're, we're working on uh, getting Bobby uh, on the line here and uh, so we can talk to him uh, about that uh, feat. Um, while we're uh, trying to uh, – uh, while we're tr- yeah, we got Bobby. Is that you, Bobby? Yep, that's me. Oh, excellent. Yeah, great. Glad we hooked up with you. Are you in uh, Bloomfield Hills? I am. I am. Yeah, our uh, our local uh, national champion. Great to great to have you back on the uh, program. I think there are two Michigan champions this year. Yourself and John Heinrich. Is that correct? Do you know? Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, John, John, he's won a bunch in front of us himself. Yeah, he's uh, he's ageless. I think uh, Heinrich is. I, I think he's in his seventies now, and he's still running, winning he's national dead. champions. <laughs> yeah, I hope we're all racing that long. That's uh, yeah, that's really impressive. And he and he won. Uh, we're going to try to get him on the program next week. Actually, I believe he won in. Um, in uh, uh, T4, which is also a very competitive uh, race group. I think there are 40 or 50 entries in T4, but your group, I believe, Spec Racer Ford, is the biggest entry, If I'm uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but 72 cars, that's the biggest entry in SCCA Nationals, isn't it? It is. Us and uh, Spec Miata, we each maxed out the track capacity at 72 entries. But they had to do actually. They had to do last chance qualifying races Thursday night for both of those two class, classes to uh, to fill out the field because they had to send a few cars home from each because there was too many for the amount the track can handle. <laughs> so uh, congratulations, back to back sack uh, winning uh, uh, two years at two very different tracks. And I I, I watched the video uh, of your race and uh, it looked like you you more or less won the race on the first lap. I mean, just made a brilliant move uh, running up on the outside along the wall. You went from sixth uh, qualifying position to second, I believe, by turn two. Yes. Yeah, actually, it was. It kind of worked out perfect. I I, uh, I didn't have any real plans at the start other than to take what was available. And, um, you know, everyone kind of migrated to down towards the inside of the track, and they left the, the, the outside, the left side, wide open and of course that's the normal braking zone so the track is actually cleaner there and you can break later than down the inside and i just took what was available and next thing you know i was coming through turn two and i was right behind the leader so i was i was pretty happy with the start yeah yeah that uh, taking that outside uh, line sets you up perfectly to be on the inside of of turn two and then uh then it, it um watching the race it seemed like a very different race than last year at, at Elkhart. Elkhart, uh, you were in a group of cars constantly passing and repassing. On, on Elkhart, you'd have two huge straightaways. Uh, and and uh, you really you timed it last year perfectly on the last lap to win the race. Uh, this this, this uh, year at Indianapolis, which is a very different track, you seem to lead most of the way. Yeah. Um, well, this, this year 
at Indy, my car was just fantastic. I mean, it was really good last year, too, but like you said, different kinds of tracks. Road America is mostly about making sure you're positioned properly in the pack so that you can make a move at the end of the race. Whereas at Indy, you just you you want to try and get as far ahead as you can if possible because the, the draft isn't nearly as important because the twisty stuff is is what separates people at Indy. And we we, yeah, we just so really found your, so well. Yeah, yeah. So you really found your car was superior in the twisty stuff at uh, Indianapolis. I think so, um, and and I think one of the things that made it look like it was better than most of the cars was that we chose because it rained about half hour right before the race. And a lot of people switched to rain tires, and then a lot of people kept dry tires on but kept but put a rain setup on the car, which is a little softer, to give it a little more compliance. We decided to leave my car with the full dry setup like we did in qualifying and um, got lucky, basically, that it didn't rain anymore and the track actually dried a lot quicker um, than we were expecting. Um, one thing we did notice during between races was that they had the sweepers out on the track. And we thought, well, if they're sweeping the water off the track – it's going to be drier than maybe we all think. So it actually helped us make the decision to stay full dry. Yeah, that's uh, that's really smart. Yeah, and in, uh, you know, and in, in, in a spec racing series where the cars are so close, yeah, those those kind of strategic decisions uh, can really pay off. Uh, uh, before I let you go, I, uh, your race team is uh, up in uh, North Chicago still. Is that correct? Yep, they're uh, called Elite Autosport out of uh, Woodstock, Illinois, which is eh, it's probably halfway from Chicago to the Wisconsin border, but that's still part of the Chicago area.